0: Hi, everybody. This is Lori. I am the founder and CEO of Inclusivity, and we are a company devoted to justice and sustainable fashion. And this is our podcast, Inclusivity Talks. And today we are really fortunate to be joined by Avery Wheelis, who is an artist and a filmmaker and has contributed to our artists who share auction, and might also contribute to our We Come in Peace performance event. So, Avery, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Well, it is a real pleasure and lovely to meet you. So, I want to start. I always like to start asking creative people how they got started being creative. So, when you look back at your childhood, for you, where did that path sort of begin?
1: Well, I think it just... Started. I mean, growing up, I always found um, my own space. I grew up in a big family. There's four four kids, so my mom would always, you know, just let us kind of be creative and entertain ourselves a lot of the times. And she would always leave this big basket of crayons out on the table. So from a really young age, I would just, you know, pick up the crayons and just start drawing. And I think that's really where I found. Um, just my voice and my sense of peace and just a way to almost meditate growing up. And both of my parents are artists too, so they were always super encouraging. And I think it, I just found it as a way for me to communicate and also, um, yeah, just have fun and play. So what kind of art do your parents do? Um, my mom does graphic design currently and my dad does animation, but they both started with illustrations, so drawing. um, Okay. Yeah.
0: Oh, that must be, that must have been very interesting.
1: Definitely. Yeah, it's definitely good, good, and, and, uh, you know, can be hard having artistic parents, but I definitely learned and grew so much just from, you know, their constant, um, just awareness of creativity and really pushing me to to grow and explore that for myself.
0: Now, Avery, what was the first medium that you kind of w- were drawn to?
1: I mean, I guess when I was little, it was crayons. but I think, um, it's funny cause in, in high school was when I really started focusing more on art. I grew up doing ballet really intensely and performing and dancing. And, um, then I got injured. And so in high school, I kind of reverted back to, my fine art studio practice. And there was a woman um, in our town, Mary Fastbinder, who had a little frame shop. And she was a really amazing pastel artist. And my mom somehow convinced her to let me, you know, kind of look in her studio and draw with her. And at first, she was kind of, you know, didn't want any students or didn't want that. But we ended up meeting and just hit it off. And so, she really mentored me and we used pastels. So those chalk uh, yes. pastels. So kind of like a crayon and, um, that and then involved into more oil paintings and, and whatnot. That's amazing.
0: That's fun. Now, yeah.
1: do you now, what's your medium
0: now as far as the, the painting? Do you use oils or acrylics? Oil. Yeah. Oil is my main medium now. Okay. And why oil?
1: Um, I really like oil paints just because um, they're really malleable still once you put them on the canvas even for a day or two and you can move them around and they're really physical in nature like you can build up the body of the paints with different mediums you can rework into them and they just feel more sculptural than acrylic like acrylic feels very flat to me and dries really quickly and is almost kind of this plastic look, which is really nice sometimes. But oil has this malleability that um, the movement I'm able to evoke through my paintings. I just really like using oils to do mm-hmm. that.
0: It's so interesting because the artists who choose acrylics say the exact same thing about oils and they mm-hmm. don't like it.
1: Right. So, yeah.
0: so it's just such an interesting, depending on what your vision is of your art, uh, really compels what medium you choose.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Totally. Now, you are also a filmmaker. When did that start? When did you start exploring that?
1: That started, um, I mean, through high school and even growing up, I think just Performance and um, story were really important to me just from doing dance and theater. And then when I went to college at um, Rhode Island School of Design, their painting department, I chose it because it also was very open. Like, you know, you could do a random sculpture uh, or an installation and call it a painting, or you could do a video piece and it was still a part of that painting process. So With my paintings, I started doing these kind of performative um, dance videos with poetry. So I'd kind of write these stories, then act them out, and then incorporate them into a painting, like paint a scene or a still from that film. And then I also took some screenwriting classes. So I started really writing and honing that um, that storytelling side Mm -hmm. and... um, when I moved to LA, my first job was screenwriting at a visual effects studio. Mm-hmm. And now I've just been freelance and doing a lot of music videos because I find them super natural in the way that they're performative. They can be abstract and very artistic. Um, and I always knew, I think just from dance and my love of music and performance, I always was like, oh, music videos, yeah. I'm, that's that's what I want to do and I just kind of started doing it um yeah and do you still paint sometimes from
0: your videos I think that's just so interesting that you combined both these and created mm-hmm. pieces that were com- that were
1: both yeah I do I um sometimes like there'll be a still or um something that I kind of pull from a video imagery and I'll I'll paint that or there's even one really cool music video where I had a painting of the artist in it and then um, that painting became animated in the music video so I think it like video and painting they inform the other one inspires the other and then it just it's this constant cyclical you know I guess practice.
0: Well, it just sounds like that's how your th- the way you view the art just melds itself. I mean just sort of molds itself so well to that overall picture. I just I love that that you it seems like visually you can see both pieces of both mediums at the same time and I really like that.
1: Yeah, yeah it's definitely definitely fun when it when it all comes together <laughs> the way I see it originally too. Definitely. And does,
0: does that happen? most often, or is it often something different from what you originally planned, but still fantastic?
1: Um, It evolves. I think with my painting, sometimes it's, um, unless I'm doing like a very specific commission piece with my painting, those really evolve and inform me a lot Um, more so than if I'm doing a music video for a client or a specific video piece, I have like a shot list and it's very, way more planned out than... Um, a painting, just because it has to be with budgets and um, crew. But yeah, so I guess video can be more structured, usually than a painting, which just kind of happens. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, when you um, are videotaping your music videos, is there a particular genre of music that you prefer working in? Or is it pretty open?
1: It's pretty open. I think, um, yeah, just usually it's like all either the artist will reach out to me or someone will connect us and we'll talk and I'll listen to their stuff. And then it goes from there. Or I have heard their stuff before and I'm lucky enough to get to work with them. Um, so yeah.
0: And has that started the, the videotaping of musicians since you moved to LA.
1: Um, yes, but it did. I did some stuff in college too. And even with, um, friends in high school we would just you know fool around nothing serious right um but yeah more more so in LA just because there's so many musicians and creative people to collaborate with there for sure
0: does that make it hard that there are so many people in the industry or is that kind of great I
1: I mean I think it's it's great I I love um being inspired by other people and seeing what other people's doing, feeding off of each other's energy. I think there's plenty of work and inspiration to, you know, go around and help feed each other as creatives. I think it's so important to feed off of each other's energies and creativity and just help support each other. So I think it's great.
0: So as you look back, um, and I want to ask this both about the paintings and, and mm-hmm. that aspect of your work, but also the videos, as you look back, are there a couple um, pieces or experiences that you would say, this just stands out to me that that this was something pivotal, piv- pivotal, pivotal in my mm-hmm. development?
1: Yeah. Um, I think with painting, there's been so... Like, I I feel like every painting feels pivotal just because it's always so new and exciting and, like, has this piece of me that I don't, you know, sometimes realize until it's there and it's staring back at me. Um, But there's a series I did um, that were sports arena paintings, and I started them because I read this article about how um, they first had miniature golf for women because they thought they couldn't play real golf or like on a bigger arena. So I started, I did this painting of myself playing mini golf against myself. Like there's multiple versions of myself in this painting. Mm -hmm. And I kind of took it as a joke, you know, like putting yourself in an arena where you think you can succeed and why that's um, just, you know, silly and Mm -hmm. just playing against myself type of thing. And, And then I started doing these, arenas where i removed all the players um and created these abstracted arenas where i kind of would draw my own boundary lines and make my own courts adapted from you know a little bit of a basketball court and you know here's kind of a squash court or just these interesting compositions that are courts and arenas and those ones felt really good because I became the player as I was painting, even though I wasn't painting a figure per se into the arena. Um, but those ones were just really interesting. And I think I struck a, a theme and a thought process that I know I could paint about forever, just about being a player in a specific stage of life or um, place and how an arena's property can become emotional rather than physical. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, as far as painting goes, I think those were some, a pivotal series for me, for sure.
0: That was a wonderful description. Thank you so much. That,
1: yeah, I hope it, I hope it makes so, sense. I'm like, it's a little oh my gosh. It, abstract. It,
0: so much sense. And it's just the way you put it was so beautiful. So thank you for describing that. Now, what about with your films? What would you kind of looking back at what you've done? Is there a piece that you would say, Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Um, there's this one lately that, um, I mean, there's a couple, um, ones that I did there. One is called, um, it'll be all right. And it was just one that was based off an internal dialogue, um, notes I had written down. I always keep a little notebook and journal and write thoughts down randomly just to revisit later. And um, it was kind of this script or internal dialogue that I had put together. And um, I had all these visuals um, in my apartment. And um, I reached out to a friend and kind of told him about what I was thinking. And he usually does a lot of camera work and DPs for me. And we decided to shoot on it shoot it on film like 16 millimeter and so it had this very dreamy nostalgic look and um, I chose this actress that I had worked with before and she's actually um, speaks Spanish fluently so I had her do a voiceover of my writing um, in Spanish and then I just followed her um, moving throughout my apartment, like throughout her day, while this internal dialogue is going through her head. And um, it talks about misinterpretation and, and how, you know, it's essential for communication, but it won't last forever. And it's just about um, this sense of, I guess, moving throughout your space, but still feeling connected with the outside world. Um, And I think right now, especially in quarantine and with everything that's going on, sometimes you feel super isolated and wanting to help or wanting to step out um, of your confined space, but also knowing even if you're just reflecting in your own body and your own space, um, that's what will help you truly communicate to the outside rather than getting sensory overload with you know everything that's happening but first like reflecting taking in that information and then being able to know that you will eventually be able to communicate what you need to say and that it'll be all right at the end of the day
0: that that sounds wonderful Thanks. so yeah where what are you doing with that like where is that piece going
1: that one i made like a few like a a a year or two ago um And it premiered on an arts publication magazine, Flaunt. um, And they did a little write-up on it. And um, I didn't end up submitting it into anything. I just kind of released it, put it out. And, um, you know, it's in my portfolio and my reel. um, And every once in a while, like, reference back to it. Or someone will ask about it. Or it'll be in another... Um, write-up or publication. But um, yeah, it had its debut and it's there and, you know, kind of on to the next thing. <laughs>
0: yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I have to say, Avery, that the longer I talk to you, the more I'm hopeful that you'll submit something to um, the We Come in Peace uh, performance event, because I love your voice. I love the story. That story was just, well, kind of Perfect for this moment, right? So I think that just hearing you talk about your films, I am hopeful that we'll be able to show something because I'm very impressed and um, such a pleasure to talk to you. So
1: thanks. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I can send it your way, and you can <laughs> decide if it, it, it seem, it's a little somber, to be honest. I don't know if okay. I was like as uplifting as I, <laughs> you know, would want to submit to something. Um, right. Like you guys, so that, that was my only thing because it's very um, reflective and a little bit somber. So I don't know. That was my only um, trepidation about submitting that one. My films, sometimes if they're short films and not music videos, music videos are very uplifting and poppy and can be really fun. But the short films I make tend to be a little bit dark. So,
0: <laughs> Well, and it is completely up to you. If, if you think it's out the right one to submit, but it sounds lovely. And I would like to see it whether you want to submit it or not. So cool. Great. Um, I will, I will definitely check that out. So um, as you're thinking about your, your work right now, what is sort of in front of you right now that you're working on that you're really excited about?
1: Yeah. Um, right now I am working on uh two commission paintings um and those ones I'm really excited about just because they allow me to just keep moving forward with studio and and learn even though they're a little bit more planned out for me just because they're chosen by um the person who wants them they're still so exciting like I there's this cloud the other day and I just you know, added some blue. And I was like, Oh, wow, I never knew that would, you know, make it stand out like that, or, um, you know, whatever. But, and then I've just been I've been writing a lot at this time, I, um, I'm trying to gather my thoughts and just, you know, think of something I might want to create visually with that um, with film, but I think right now, I just need to, you know, keep moving through the days, keep reflecting, documenting, and I think I, I need a little bit more time to figure out what that piece will be, um, just because there's so much, you know, happening mm-hmm. right now, and um, and that's why, too, this painting that I did for the auction, I was just so overwhelmed with what was happening, and I I wanted to reflect on it and express it, but I just didn't really know how to use you know my voice to do so and um yeah so just painting making a visual out it and the the image from George Floyd's memorial really spoke to me um and then just that shot of my home in LA and the streets occupied by these protesters and um I just found it Really beautiful, and um, just something I wanted to, you know, reflect on more. So mm-hmm. I just painted it. So is the painting
0: uh, that you? First of all, does the painting have a name that you submitted to us?
1: Oh, okay. I'm still thinking. <laughs> I'm still thinking on that. I need to get back okay. to you. <laughs> um, with that, I have a few kind of floating around my head, but um, I'll let you know. Right now, it's it's not titled, but it's. Um, The original reference I took from it, I actually photoshopped two images. So one is an image. It's a kind of aerial view image of the streets in LA um, during some of the Black Lives Matter protests. And Mm -hmm. then um, the other one is also an aerial um, perspective from George Floyd's memorial. And, you know, there's the casket with all the beautiful roses and they're kind of blooming and um just expanding off of the coffin and then from those roses you know all the people and protesters are underneath that so it's almost like from this one event um came this catalyst of all these voices and and people that responded to it yeah Um, that's beautiful yeah
0: I'm, I'm just excited to, I know you were touching up the edges a little bit, so I'm excited to get the final image so that we can post it with our other work that's on, on sale at the auction because it's really a lovely, lovely piece.
1: Thank and you. the
0: story behind it is beautiful. So I, I definitely want to get that out there because what a cool, I think, I think what you did was represent the movement as well as the catalyst for the movement. So the painting represents all of that. And I think that's lovely.
1: Yeah, it was really, it's weird. It was one of the first, um, like, truly narrative paintings that I've done in a while, and um, I don't know, I just felt really important right now to do, and it was the only way I knew how to respond. Like, I was so, I've just been feeling very overwhelmed and wanting to, you know, just help and, you know, give, um, just bring light to things that are important, and it just felt super important to me and I know a lot of people
0: yeah well and I think I'm just so glad that we got connected so that your painting could be in our auction that that just it makes me really happy and
1: feels like it's the right thing I know so, me too so, so so excited
0: yeah so when you talk about writing are is most of your writing for film or is most of your do you write journals do you write poetry so what does your writing look like
1: Yeah. Um it is you know, originally it's just for nothing. It's just I I write so I can forget about it. You know, it's like little little things throughout my day where I whether it's a list of like, okay, I need to do this, this, and this, or it's like, oh my god, this was so stressful and scary and I just jot it down. And I've been keeping journals since I, I it's so funny, I found one of my old, old journals. And I was five when I started oh, writing these journals. Yeah. And like, I think I just always had so many feelings. And um, I remember when I was little, I read also like the Diary of Anne Frank. And she honestly, like her words and how she would write, totally inspired me in this really, you know, uh, pure, like authentic way where I would just spill out all my emotions to this book and I would name my journals, you know, how she called hers kitty or something. So she was like, yeah. dear kitty. So I have all these different journals that have these really embarrassing little names. And, um, <laughs> and I would write all these stories that, but they were just things that happened to me, like nothing important. Now I just keep them as note takings or I'll be like, oh, this idea for a painting or, um, remember to do this appointment or whatever. And then some of them are more poetry prose type of notes where it'll flow in and out of you know just become these one line poem things and then some are more concise stories but a lot of them are more abstract poetry notes and then sometimes I'll look back and I'll realize for the past three months I've kind of been writing about the same thing um uh, and then I'll, then I'll circle back to that. I'm like, oh, that's what I'm thinking about. Maybe I should develop this more into a piece, which is the arena paintings. And um, all of those definitely came from a lot of writing and um, a lot of notes.
0: Okay, very cool.
1: So if you are sort of looking back
0: at your work or the work you've done so far, what um, is there someone that you've worked with or, you know, is there something as far as somebody you've been allowed to work with that is like, Oh my gosh, this was so exciting. And I, and I'm sure that there are lots. I'm just wondering if there's someone that, that really stands out.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, there's been everybody I worked with, I, you know, have, have really loved and, and been so grateful to have the ability to have uh, you know, just someone creatively inspire me or whatever. But um, I think just continually, um, I love working with my dad who really um, just taught me when we were younger or when I was younger, he was younger too, but when I was (laughs) like literally a child, he would take me out and we would go people watch and draw. And we'd go to the art store And I'd get like one little pen and I'd always get these, those gel pens Mm -hmm. and I got like a blue sparkly gel pen and we would just go and sit. And I grew up in a really small, small town. And, you know, we would just walk to the downtown and, and um, sit on benches and draw. And he just taught me to people watch and, um, and really shared his love of that with me and throughout my career, my, exploration of art and creativity. We've worked together on some projects. I've hired him to do animation on some of my videos and I'm working with him right now on some story development stuff. And, um, it's just great to have someone and he's brought in a lot of the people who have inspired me in my life too, you know, um, like other illustrators or directors that he knows. Um, so he's constantly someone that um, I'm so lucky to have um, creatively inspire me and my mom as well, um, especially with dance and, and performance and just, you know, day-to-day connecting. So.
0: Oh, that's pretty wonderful. It's wonderful if your dad can be the person you most appreciate collaborating with.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because
0: chances that he'll just be there and, continue to want to work with you are so high
1: (laughs) yeah we hope so we hope (laughs) yeah definitely
0: they must Um, be so proud of you just proud of the work you've done and um the things you've learned
1: yeah i think um we both are um you know continually supporting each other and um helping that creative process really really nice if you had to give
0: some advice to someone coming up who, let's say, is, you know, 10, and they're starting to really feel like their, their passion is some kind of creation, and whether it's painting or film or dance or really anything creative writing, what, what would your words of advice be for them?
1: I would say just keep doing it, keep going at it. Don't, you know, let someone, you know, create a roadblock for you. Just really believe in that, you know, want and desire to share and express and um, continue to feel deeply about that and make work about it. And yeah, just keep making and know that there are so many creative people to be inspired by and so much to needs to be shared and that their voice is really important. And, um, the best thing they can do is just keep sharing it. Have you speaking of that makes me wonder
0: if you've had any, you know, moments in your career where you felt like you hit a roadblock that, and it took you made you pause.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, Sometimes it's every other, you know, every other 30 minutes I hit another roadblock and I'm like, Oh my God, cause I, I feel so deeply about, you know, all the work I make. And sometimes I'm juggling several different projects and different mediums. And so it, it gets a little bit confusing, but I was talking to a friend the other day and, um, what they said was, um, Let's see. I wrote it down somewhere. Yeah, I wrote down my notes. Okay. So the more energy and passion you bring to a project, the more you are bound to get stuck and hit a roadblock because you are pushing yourself to the creative edge or unknown. This can cause us to want to distract or shut down. But if we stay with it, this is when we grow most and develop. Stay with it when it's uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, I think roadblocks are just part of being passionate about what you do. And the more, you know, you, you want to communicate something. Um, sometimes it's hard and it can be really frustrating, especially when it's not received the right way, whether that's, you know, you just make something for yourself and you're like, Oh my God, this is not what I was thinking, or it's for a client and you think it's great and they don't get it or um you know, all of it. Like I've drawn things for my parents when I was little and they're like, oh, cool. Like what? I don't, that's not how you (laughs) draw a face, you know? And, but you just, you know, you grow with it and you know that your passion and your want to make something that communicates what you're feeling is, um, can be your biggest enemy, but also the greatest gift because it'll just push you to keep making work.
0: Well, I think that fits so beautifully with what you said as your advice that I think everybody who's coming up needs to understand that, that every single human makes mistakes or hits roadblocks mm-hmm. that feel so daunting and overwhelming.
1: Totally. And that
0: it's often on the other side of those roadblocks that your life just blossoms.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that that's, um, again, just that reminder. I like that a lot, that the advice is just keep going and it just the roadblocks not forever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like an athlete in training too. It's like you have good days and bad days and you know, when your muscles burn and you're pushing through, that's when you're getting stronger. Um, so yeah. So what would
0: you say sort of, and it's probably related to this, but if you had to sort of look back and, um, for yourself, and it sounds like you do a lot of re- writing and reflecting, which mm-hmm. really is helpful with this question. Um, what is your philosophy for you personally? Like what are the things that, the things that are most core to who you are, most important to you as you make decisions?
1: Um, I think one of the most core things would um, be intention and, and just, you know, the importance of, when you have all these thoughts and ideas and feelings about things is, um, to really just grow and explore your world with intention and reflect on it so that you can then share and communicate with others and just be vulnerable and know that that's also part of the growing process and can be uncomfortable. Um, but being uncomfortable and vulnerable with intention will just only help you grow and help other people, you know, relate to you. And and a, it opens up so many doors um, when you open up yourself. Yeah, I like that a lot. So what do you do
0: for fun that's outside of this sort of um, creative realm? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, creative is always... Most of the fun, but I love, um, I love going on hikes. I go on so many hikes, especially right now. Um, just being out in nature. I love swimming. Um, I've always loved the water. That's one thing I just grew up doing was swimming all the time. And, um, I'm lucky I live, you know, in California where the ocean's nearby and sometimes just running into that water is the best, but yeah, just moving my body and being outside when I do it—hiking um, or swimming or um, even dancing. I would love to just go out and go dancing one night, but yeah, soon, not now, soon. <laughs> um,
0: not now, but
1: mm-mm. eventually. But or totally. you can just have dance parties in your room or your kitchen. is <laughs> just as good. So doing a lot of those, okay, too.
0: Yeah. I think this is the moment for personal dance parties in your house. I Definitely. Yeah. And really they're so great. fun. They're so great. They are great. It's <laughs> move and not worry about anybody else being part of it. I think that there's something magical about that. So Avery, anything else that we, I have one more question for you, but anything else that we haven't talked about that you'd kind of like
1: to talk about? Um, I don't know. I think I mean, we've covered a lot. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about our conversation okay. so far. So yeah, you just right, good. keep going.
0: Um, so my last question, and I always ask people this, um, just because I one of the things that I love about these interviews is just learning a little bit about someone and how they think and how they look back over their life. And so one of the questions I always like to ask is, just can you tell me a story from your life? And it can be absolutely anything. Um, we've had people tell stories about, trying to um, cook an egg on the sidewalk when they were a child. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had stories, you know, people tell stories about um, a spiritual awakening. We've had people tell stories about some place they did, they went with their dad when they were a child. So all I'm looking for is a story that feels like yours and that when you reflect on your life, it's a story that kind of stands out for you for any reason.
1: Hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. Th- okay. Yeah, when I was maybe 10 or so, 10 years old, maybe. And it was when I was still doing a lot of ballet, dancing, um, a ton. And my mom's a dancer too and has a background in that. And so um, with that, I always just felt, um, you know, I always wanted to impress her and, and, and be good at what I did. Um, and was one performance in particular where I was so nervous about this piece and I had dreamt about it and it was one of the first, I don't know, I guess they gave us a a piece or something that felt more adult or more advanced technically because we were 10 and, um, I think it might've been my first one on point or something, but, um, I was really nervous and I remember I would dreamt about it the night before and just kind of tried to visualize what was going to happen and was obsessively going over the steps. And, um, and we did the piece. And I remember when I was on stage, I totally, you know, forgot what I did. I, I can't, you know, remember how I felt. It just kind of happened. And the piece, I mean, it was, it was good. And I just remember this feeling of um, really happiness and just, comfort and the fact that I performed this piece, I did it and it was good. Like it, I think I, I really did what I had visualized and intended to do. And I remember after the show, I went out and my mom, um, she was like tearing up and crying and was just like, you were, that was so beautiful. That was so good. Mm-hmm. And she was crying and gave me a hug. And I like from that day forward, I just remember being so happy because I landed at a place in my performance, in my art that I felt really like, wow, I just did something and I knew I'd done something. And then to watch that reaction in my mom, um, it was just this really amazing moment that like, wow, I, if I intentionalize what I want to do, I can be really powerful and, and move people. And I think mm-hmm. I've carried that with me, just like wanting to move people and make them feel things that they might not have known about.
0: I love that. Yeah. That's a, that's a really beautiful story. Thank you. Avery, it has been a tremendous pleasure talking with you.
1: You too. This has been really great. It's been really informative to me too. So um, yeah, thanks for the opportunity and the interest in my painting and um, just everything you do. I, it's, it's amazing. And I'm um, happy to be a part of it.
0: Well, I thank you very, very much. And I will let you know when this um is ready and, and gonna be released. We're a little bit behind just because, you know, we're busy.
1: <laughs> no worries.
0: As you can imagine. Yeah, but I will really. definitely let you know when it gets released. And thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing if you come up with a video that you'd like to have in the in We Come in Peace, because I I can't imagine not wanting to see something you've made. So
1: Thanks. More definitely. Enjoyed. Yeah. I'll see what I can up with or send you something that I already have if I decide it's not too, <laughs> not too dark <laughs> yeah awesome.
0: so everybody this is Inclusivity Talks this is Lori from Inclusivity and our guest Avery Wheelis am I pronouncing your name right Avery? yeah Wheelis that's perfect okay. fun to make sure so thank you all for listening and we'll be back with another podcast soon thanks Avery thanks
1: Lori